Speaking of Sons of Anarchy though, Dan, do you know Shakespeare? Watching The Simpsons and Always Sunny for the first time. Uh, hey, and Nina's here. Say hi, Nina. Oh, am I no, allowed oh, to talk So Dan, uh, we've talked many, many times on this podcast about how it's really fun to be pretentious, right? I really thought you were going to end that sentence that we've talked many, many times on this podcast, and I <laughs> I would have really appreciated that, just so you know. Go on, go on. We have talked many times on this podcast. It is well known. It is documented, even. Uh, 200, and well, not 248 times before this, because you weren't on every episode, I wasn't on every episode. You know, things happen. Close enough. Things happen. But it's well documented. That it's very funny, just in general, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to be pretentious as a joke, right? Correct, 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 correct. Being actual gatekeeping, not good. Gate gatekeeping as a bit, very funny. Agreed. And, oh, uh, Nina. Also Nina's You have here. not been introduced yet. Could you please wait until okay. I tell my funny story? Yeah, He's right, gonna I'm do a bit, Nina. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, I'm shutting up now. And th this bit, you weren't God, there for believe, it, okay? So, like, it's not my fault. I can't believe no so, like, to silence women on the podcast. Me silencing women? Aggressively, even. I'm just like, no, you know how it is. Yes, correct. Anyway, let's rewind to Gritmas, Dan. Do you remember Gritmas? Uh, I vaguely, I was not sober at any point during that time. Well, you know, that's that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I was, unfortunately, for gout reasons, uh, pretty damn sober the whole time. That but that's okay. What? You were deaf. Okay, go on. No, yes. I will, I'll, I'll okay, accept, let me let me I'll rephrase. Accept, I'll accept this, most this of the time. Okay, yes. yes uh, let, let me not do a revisionist history when I was so high I forgot that I played an entire Jackbox game and yes. had it reintroduced to me very Correct. recently. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Go on. Now you may that go on. That was fucking hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is the game you played. No, I didn't. Anyway, um, Cedric, friend of the podcast, and I were chatting uh, because I had a tiny bottle of wine. <laughs> that I was drinking out of the bottle because I didn't want to bother to go get a glass. You're just that kind of guy. And it was very funny to me because earlier that day, he and I were talking about food. And I'm like, you know, what I never knew until recently was different wine glasses are for different kinds of wine. Yeah. You're supposed to drink different wines in different glasses. And for the main reason, like, obviously, we all know champagne is tall and skinny to keep the bubbles in and keep them from, like, evaporating too fast, you know? And... Mm -hmm. Other wines, though, it's like you got a, a big wine with a big like a big bowl that you can swirl it around and really get like it up in your nose so you can smell it better. Mm -hmm. You know, stuff like that. And um, I believe your common wine glass that you usually see around places is a Chardonnay glass. Okay. We were joking about that then because I'm like, you know, this is a this is a guy who doesn't exist. Uh, and I think it would be really funny to do it as a bit where if someone were to offer me wine in the wrong glass, then suddenly I get all, oh, <laughs> well, that's not the right glass, is it? <laughs> <laughs> how, how embarrassing for you. Very funny, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. A good bit, frankly. Well, I forgot that I had only talked about that with him. Oh, no. Enter other friend of the podcast, Zam, who uh, acquired for me a wine glass as a kindness. Like, Noah, you know, stop like drinking good, out like of that bottle. Guy. Drink out of this glass. I'm like, oh, thank you. And about 20 minutes later, this man says, so Noah, how's the wine out of the wine glass? And me, not even thinking about the fact that this is not a man I made this joke with, said, well, I mean, it's, it's not a Cabernet glass. <laughs> really funny though <laughs> and, and, Noah. Sam, and sam's just like okay asshole it's still a wine glass is it better <laughs> Noah, than nothing i'm like oh no. yeah no i'm sorry yes it's good thank you it's a you funny you don't understand That's, there's nothing funnier than accidentally being a huge asshole to your friends <laughs> it was so funny because like i thought it was just a very good joke which I'm it like, was, well, to be clear. It's not exactly a, a Cabernet glass, but it will do. <laughs> <laughs> but then instead, I just say to the man who got me the wine, well, I mean, yeah, it's the wrong kind of glass. The man who got you it as a as a kindness, like completely unprompted kindness of his heart. Yeah. That's that's pretty good. It is pretty good, isn't it? I I I really every now and again, I I mean, okay, many times, often even, I say some shit and I'm like, oh, that. That made me come, come off as a huge dick. Oh my god, I did that at work recently, and I'm it's it's one of those things where it's like I'm not gonna apologize because that'll make it even worse. No, I think you should still. But then it's like I think you should still apologize. No, no, no. It's like the specific way it happened. It's like 
I, I, I was, okay, so I got a promotion recently. We know this. Uh, wait, first, uh, hey, Nina's here. Say hi, Nina. Oh, am I no, allowed oh, to talk she, now? Okay, shut is. up then if you're going to be like that. That's fine. That's anyway. the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what? Honestly, it's, it's nice of Noah to give Nina permission to speak. Honestly, well, very, I, I revoke cool. it. Honestly, it was very rude of Nina to just be like, uh-huh. you know what I mean? <laughs> no, anyway, I don't. Actually, please explain. I'm, I'm too busy telling a different story that's very oh, funny. Please, you need to, please, you need please to hear continue. that. Stuff. I apologize. I apologize. Because uh, it's funny at my expense. Go off, King. Uh, because this is another story of Noah being a tremendous asshole, but this time it wasn't to a friend. It was to someone I don't know. That is I got a promotion funny. recently. We've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, this promotion, um, two days last week, took me to the fancy store in town, and I got to help out down there. They don't know who I am. They don't know what my working abilities are. They don't, they don't, they don't, they don't know, know your vibe. Well, not only that, but they just don't know like what I'm capable of doing. Not in a, uh, they don't know what I'm capable of, but they actually don't know what I'm actually like aware of how to do, you know? Yeah, but also in the, they don't know what I'm capable of way. Like, to be clear, it is both. Yes, of course, of course. And uh, I'm... I'm clocking out at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. They're showing me uh, back to the office so that I can, you know, count my drawer and leave. Normal stuff. And they get me to a screen before the screen I need to get to to actually, like, close my register out. Of course. And the manager who has not worked with me at all yet that day, the brand new person who had just come in for the evening shift that I was, like, about to leave, uh, <laughs> she came up to me and she's like, oh... Do you know where to go from this screen? I don't actually know how much you know how to do here. And I accidentally very like casually said, oh, instead of saying, oh, yeah, no, I'm pretty familiar. I all I said was I gave my new job title, which is just such a stupid flex to do because it was just rude for no reason. I'm like, oh, I'm the new assistant manager that floats around. But I didn't say it that way because even that is like oh my god way less rude than what, what I, did you say? What did you say? I don't want to give exact terms because I just, just don't want to narc myself too hard. Continue so I'm gonna, calling yourself an assistant manager. That's fine. Use that as your title in this metaphor. I literally said I'm the new floating clerk too from Pine. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's rough. You sound like a total asshole. You sound no, like a tool. I, I don't even know what any oh of that any of that means, and I still know you sound like a tool. No, I know. Oh, it pissed me off, man. As soon as I said it, she, and she's just like, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, yeah, and I'm I sure, didn't need to say it that way. Yeah, and I'm sure, it was, I'm sure it's one of those things where, like, they just kind of moved on. But, I mean. Yeah, oh, 100%. They just moved on. But, but also, it's like, I was still there for another hour and a half after that. And it was really awkward. And I'm like, I gotta, I gotta try and, I gotta try and prove it to this person that I'm not like a dickhead. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and get stuff done while I'm here. Yeah. And then, Dan, I did it again by accident. No, no, no. Oh, it was so, it was, oh my God. And that wasn't my fault. This one was not my fault. She, she set it up. But, I'm like, I'm looking for like some cases of wine, right? Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sure what the wine was. So I looked it up on the website and I'm like, oh, tight. I found it. And she's like, oh, I know where that is. It's over here. And I don't know why she's taking me over there. I'm like, oh no, this guy wants a case. I'm just going to grab it from the back. And she's like, no, I'm going to get you the the item number so that you know where to find it in the back. And I'm like, oh no, it's on the website. I already got it. And she's like, oh, I didn't know that. I guess you're better at this than me. Oh, oh my God. I, just, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do that. I don't No, That wasn't my fault. That was not my fault. <laughs> was it that not wasn't your fault? How was it my fault? No, it, you should. I obviously, I think her. you should have just let her do it. Yeah. But because like, I didn't know what she was doing. The guy was impatient. He, the people down there are not polite. They are very rude people, not the employees, but the customers, very rude people. Those people so I was like, I was just like, oh no, don't worry. I already got it from the website trying to lessen her workload because she was already helping me instead of doing what she needed to get done and then have her go, oh. Yeah, I guess you're just better at this than me, huh? Ouch. I was just like, oh, no. Oh, buddy. Not what I meant to do. And uh, so that's my week. Ouch, owie, owie. Yeah, I was I was reminded of uh, saying that one to, to Zam because it was very funny. This but one then, was less funny and more just, ooh, ouch, ouch. Yeah, this owie. one was a lot less funny. This was just like, oh, no, I was, oh, no, oh, ah. Oof, ouch, And owie, then the follow-up made me feel even worse because I, I just tried to be like, oh, no, I'm just... 
I'm just used to this way. I but I didn't know how to say it because it's just it's just that literally the way I do it at the other store I'm at all the time. It's a lot easier for me to do than try to work within our system because our system is archaic and hasn't mm-hmm. been updated since like 2001. Correct. And as I'm are like, most systems, to be fair. It, yeah. To be fair, yes. So I'm like, oh, I'm used to using the website. It's easy to find things and have a picture. So mm-hmm. let's let's roll. Let's rock and roll. Let's go. And yeah. It was it was awkward, man. No, have you considered learning how to speak to people and not in a dickish way? I'm a good customer service person, Dan. That, I'm real oh, good at customer, customer service. It's not your customer service I think we have a problem with here. I think it's your <laughs> employee My interpersonal service. skills? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Have you... Okay, okay, okay. But hear me out, Dan. <laughs> I was so out of my element at the end of an eight-hour day. <laughs> I like... I like that you... You're about to be like, but have you ever worked... <laughs> worked retail with people have you ever had a long day <laughs> let me shift these goal posts a little bit more um i had the sniffles <laughs> have you considered that have you considered that you shit no i feel it i had a, i had a tummy ache did you think about that dan did you think about how i'm feeling today i'm having a I, I, I was all caught up in my feelings you don't understand none of my normal friends ever have this issue with me just the ones that i never see maybe it's their fault i am to get back to customer service. Oh, yeah. Go yeah, off. Yeah, please. I, Go off. I get so torn between, specifically when it comes to coworkers, mm-hmm. I get so torn between being extremely understanding and nice and trying to, like, enforce things because I'm anti-capitalist. Of course. And being pissed that my coworkers, like, being a little bit elitist. So one thing that I get really mad about... Um, I'm glad Jackson's not here, so he can't be a little bitch about it. Oh, yeah, Jackson's not here, by the um, way. I, I guess it's, um, it's assumed because we didn't intro him. <laughs> um, so one thing that takes me off is that um, uh, a lot of my coworkers... So when I worked in Washington, we had state-mandated breaks at 15-minute um, paid breaks mm-hmm. when you are uh, working eight hours or more. Yeah. Um, and I'm used to that. And then we had that at the as well when i worked there um we would have mandated like breaks um Mm -hmm. at a certain amount at where i currently work that's not a thing but my boss will always tell the new hires you're allowed to take a 10 minute break when you work a full day shift basically got it okay none of my coworkers when they start will take that break i have had to yes and i always took that break when it when I was in their position, um, I always, always, always took that break. I would take the whole time that I could. I would eat. I would watch TikToks. I would not come back just because I was done eating mm-hmm. um, because I believe that that's important. Um, I believe that it's, it's like no one's going to die on the 10-minute break. Um, and I told both of my coworkers this, and they were like, oh, well, I just don't want anyone to be annoyed. And I'm like, I cannot emphasize to you how little annoyance I feel when you're gone for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter to me. I would way rather you have a chance to sit down and not be standing in front of customers eating, like both for your mental health, the sake of the business's like appearance, everything, go sit down. So that's my like big thing on that. On the other hand, it's starting to get warmer and business is starting to pick up. And some of my coworkers have been hitting the group chat with memes about how they're overwhelmed and it's so busy. And I'm getting up in my fucking ass about it. And I'm like, uh, that's just the way the summer is. You guys need to get over it. <laughs> I, I really like <laughs> quietly, quietly Boomer Nina. No, this is like I I was talking about Indian freelance practices with um that was Becca a, today. That was such a transition. Sorry, go on. <laughs> no, I was talking with Becca about Indian freelance practices today and um I hear my dad when I talk about this stuff because I am so judgmental about how other small like business people on the internet run their marketing mm-hmm. and their business. I have a degree, so I like know certain things and I know that they're doing things wrong and I know that they're building a brand for themselves that they don't want to um that they're not going to like later on. Like what they're using that's working right now um is going to build a persona for them that I can tell from having talked to them in person, they don't want to have be their brand. Yeah, yeah. Like they're self-sabotaging in a way. Yes, exactly. And um 
part of it is that I feel bad for them. And part of it's that I'm jealous that it's working. <laughs> I know I'm not going to do it because I don't want to deal with this, the consequences of using those fast track like methods. Mm -hmm. I don't want that to be my brand. I'm very protective of my brand. And so I'm okay with the slower growth. But at the same time, I see them succeeding using these methods. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you no, know, I get that. No, I get that. It's it's one of those things where I've I've also recently switched jobs, and so in a much in different, but same but <laughs> same but different. There are so many things that I'm like, oh, oh, they were doing this intentionally. You know what I mean? Like that kind of same, like oh, tiny, mm -hmm. like it's relatively small company, completely different mindsets on how things are. And at me yeah. over here, like, oh no, that's just that's just how it is. Knowing nothing because I am, you know, a child. Uh huh. Um, yeah, no. And then very suddenly realizing, oh, no, you were doing this on purpose and you're a piece of shit for it, actually. A hundred percent. No, a hundred percent. There are certain things that, like, I will not talk about on this podcast because I am currently embroiled in them. But, like, there are things that I see where I, I was naive to them for a while. Mm -hmm. And and so I both, like, I thought the best of the person or whatever. And then I found out that they had the knowledge to prevent the thing from happening and they did it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, then. And it makes you a shithead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, mm -hmm. I feel it. So my my inner my inner dad really comes out. It's mo it's Mother's Day, but I'm th thinking about my dad because I'm turning into him. I might be anti-capitalist, but I'm also, like, deeply entrenched in that, like, like method of society and we in that in economy mm -hmm. and so we do live in a society things this are is constantly a carlos podcast it is pro carlos because i do think that to survive in what i in my industry and do well in it i do have to kind of operate the way that my dad would want me to operate which is very <laughs> cutthroat and dickheadish yeah so I, I don't like that about me. I, I will talk very judgmentally, specifically to Becca, about like how I see other small businesses operating. And I can feel the inner Carlos. And I'm like, I hate this. I hate it so much. But I don't know any other way to do it because this is how I want to succeed. Yeah. And it, I don't know how to do it in a nice way. I hate it, capitalism. It's turning me into a monster. It was, it's, it's, it's a little bit of that, like, how, like, Michelle and I have had kind of a similar conversation lately because I've been doing a lot more, I've been doing a lot more for, like, my stream stuff, right? And, like, where is the line for me as far as, like, as far as, there are a lot of good and bad ways to gain following on any social media, whatever. Mm -hmm. There is always choices that are on that road of, is this something that I am okay with myself for doing? Yes. Like it's that that question of like I like I've I a couple of times had to be like I I get that that is the correct like the correct thing to do. I I don't think I could live with myself kind mm -hmm. of thing. 100%. It's 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 the opposite side of what I was just saying where like a really popular way to market independently published books especially ones with queer characters is to um, point blank just list off what identities are in your stories yeah that's so, not <laughs> yeah and i don't love that that feels a little weird to me and also my books are not about that the identities that are there are there because i identify with them and because i want to like that the story is impacted by those identities not because i wanted to like force those in mm -hmm. there or market it's not for marketing yeah it's not it's not quite literally you know token diversity right yeah and i don't think it is for those other people i think it's just really normalized to but that's what it feels like mm -hmm. when that's all you know about someone's book is what identities are in it yeah but like yeah, I, I don't think I have I've come so close to it. And sometimes like I will mention certain identities, but I, I'm I'm really, really against I'm saying this. I'm saying this publicly and it's going to come back to bite me in the ass <laughs> if I ever give in. But I'm really I'm really against that kind of marketing for myself personally. It's exploitative. It, like a little bit. Yeah, like it, it's very like it, it. I don't know. I, I want for what it's worth. I fully respect and like appreciate it because it's it really does sound like i don't know the alternative is so disingenuous maybe be the right mm -hmm. word yeah no there's there's a lot of like different facets to it there's the like target audience that you're going for there's the like social circles that you run in and what people are used to seeing mm -hmm. and if you are courting a readership that is specifically looking for those kinds of things then uh yeah 
Totally. But mm. I know personally that's not the readership I am courting. Um, yeah. So like, but at the same time, it would be, I feel like, and this is me being, having hubris, um, <laughs> I feel like it would be so easy to court that audience if I just wanted to change my marketing tactic and start listing off because I do have a lot of representation. If you just so a if I sellout. wanted to just, right, like if I wanted to be a sellout basically and just like flip it and be like, here's all of my representation and talk about that constantly instead of talking about like the themes and the stuff that mm -hmm. I really want people to be there for, mm -hmm. um, I feel like it would be easier. But that's me discounting probably a lot of hard work that these other writers are having to do. It's not necessarily just a fast track way to get readers um, the way that it, it, I think it is. I was going to say, it doesn't have to be a fast track way to still be something that like rubs you the wrong way though. Like true. It's totally, even fair. if it's not getting a lot of readers fast, it's definitely getting a certain kind of reader um, that I don't think that I necessarily deeply want, mm -hmm. even though, you know, all, all, the, all publicity is good publicity, whatever, yeah. but, but also sometimes not. Yeah. yeah. I think they'd be disappointed. I think here's the thing. I think they'd be disappointed by the content of the book. And if I, I pushed it yeah. by the representation, I think mm -hmm. they'd be disappointed that that isn't the focus. So I, I try really hard not to use that. Yeah. I respect that. I respect that a lot. It is It is definitely not easy to like have a... A brand. A, a, <laughs> a, well, not... A, yeah, a brand, but like a brand that you... You you almost have to accept that I will probably I mean that maybe and speaking for myself you almost have to accept I will probably never be as air quotes big as this other person mm -hmm. because I refuse to engage in the business practices that are letting them be that big. Yeah, some sometimes that is definitely true. Um, and and it's like, obviously not necessarily you know it's not necessarily but like broad strokes you know etc. Well, there are, there are some things I was talking to. Uh, Becca about this too we're talking about like self-help gurus um mm. and how a lot of them are just like really big because they're lying mm -hmm. <laughs> correct and it's like I know that that would be easier than actually putting the work in to mm -hmm. like to to actually write something I believe in or draw or do whatever to just get on a podcast I am on a podcast now I'm aware but I, to I get wasn't on gonna a, say it but I did think it but I was to get on it. to get on a podcast or just get on Twitter and talk about how to succeed you just have to believe you could succeed and then in 10 years you just got to invest and then you'll have 40,000 50,000 40,000 I need you to know that Nina's doing the big like tech bro hand movements oh, that do, you would be seeing I during a video it. oh I love it I, I can see them in my eye <laughs> it's like simultaneously tech bro and bad freestyle rapper just trying to <laughs> wheel those words out <laughs> Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like I there are certain things that like would be easier, like unequivocally, because like mm -hmm. we we don't do this. But we don't do it because it's easy. We do it because we like doing it. We yeah. like the the street the streaming and the writing and the art. I know for a fact because we did it for fun and for community for so long that we would still like it would take a lot to get us to stop, even if we aren't being super successful. Exactly. It, it's a little bit of a I do it because I love it, not because I necessarily it's a I do it because I love it. I would be doing it regardless of my success level. It sure would be nice to also be it successful. It sure would be nice. It would be so cool. It would be very cool to be able to. I was talking about that a lot, too, when I was because I was unemployed and I was like, hey, is is it worth it for me to just put all basically all my eggs into the streaming basket? Because obvi and obviously very clearly. No, that's a dumb idea. That's terrible. Don't do that. <laughs> but there's a little bit of, well, somebody does it. Right. Something. Mm -hmm. Someone well, had to make the decision to to pull that trigger at some point saying, no, I'm going to be the one that does it. Just this once. Just to see. Yeah. And I am worked. the one, the one. <laughs> God, what what year is it? I don't know, fam. I don't even know where that came from. I'll be 100% real with you. That's just like, I don't even know what that reference is. Fucking! It, it, um, it was. Uh, I'm not even gonna explain. It it. I already matter. had to explain. I had to explain a Hannibal Burris joke to my mother-in-law this morning. Oh, that was the best. Uh, that was the best Mother's Day treat of all time. Oh my god! She was checking her spinach um, like puffs in the in the oven to see if they were done, and she made a comment about how it's hard to tell when spinach puffs are done baking because it always looks the same. And I turned and I began to say, "Puff pastries is the same." And I was like, no, I have to actually make the meme. And I told. <laughs> so, yeah, in the family group chat, there is spinach puffs is the same. 
Nina posts this saying, Linda, you're not going to get it. And my mom's like, oh, no, no. And then looks and like, I don't get it. So then Nina got to explain the origin of the joke. Yeah, I had to explain pretzels is the same, which is not funny when you say it out loud. (laughs) (laughs) There is nothing better or worse. There's nothing worse than having to explain the joke to somebody. There is also nothing better than having to watch someone else explain the joke. No, that was it was. I'm so sure it was funny. so funny to to, to Noah. I almost I debated just not doing it, but it was Mother's Day. I couldn't do that to yeah. her. You I gotta... was sitting here on the side. I also have not seen the video, but I know the Eric Andre. I don't show. know if I've seen. I can the whole connect bit. it. I, I know the I know what the bit is, but I don't think I've seen the whole thing. Meme culture is so weird. Meme culture is super weird. It, we're all just like part of this like um, hive mind where we all kind of generally know certain references. Mm-hmm. There's like 30 pop culture. Lef- it's the same as when like TV was big, though. There's like a million little pop culture references that a lot of people know, but mm-hmm. they don't know why they know it. And they don't yep. know the reasons behind why they know it. Yep. They just know that they know it. Watching The Simpsons and Always Sunny for the first time after being on the Internet for so long is just a constant cycle of, oh, that's what that's from. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like, it's it's funnier in context sometimes. But honestly, the funniest bits from The Simpsons that I have seen are ones that I have never seen online. I think um, the mom, why are you tr- always trying to give me potatoes? I just think they're neat. I thought that was very funny. But like in the same episode, there's an extended bit of a man crawling around greased up in the school vents. And I was like crying real <laughs> tears. <laughs> <laughs> that's so that, that is the other thing it's, it's a little bit of the wide it's like the wide appeal thing right of like mm-hmm. yeah i get that this is very mule but is it actually funny yeah yeah some of it is some of the stuff is is, is some of the stuff is funnier when you can say it in a real life context but it's from something like the simpsons are always sunny that's such like a big um like over caricatured like personalities and then you find yourself in a real world situation where the like, context oh is applicable <laughs> you're like this is actually i'm not sure how i feel about this okay first uh, i have two things uh applicable to this one obligatory jackson seinfeld reference um, i almost made a seinfeld reference where uh yeah where george is just like or god what's his name i always call them by their like character names except for jerry because his name is fucking jerry I don't know who you're talking spot- about. I have good news for is you, buddy. I've never watched George? Always Sunday, so. No, uh, Seinfeld, I said. Or, sorry, whatever. They're all. I, I know. Be, anyway, the, my so brother in Christ the, the same show in my mind. <laughs> they are the same okay, show that's for super different fair. eras. That's like very much a thing. Sorry, go on. Tell your bit. Do your do your, do your 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 sick gag. Jason Alexander. Oh, I never remember that that man has okay. a different name so, from George Costanza. I know. George Costanza <laughs> is such an everyman Despite name. Despite being very few degrees removed from this man's son, I uh, I do not know anything about him. What a, what a Who played Jerry flex. Seinfeld? Jerry, oh, my God. Yeah, well, I'm not flexing me. I'm flexing Emma. I mean, anyway. still... It, right? No, that's what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, obligatory Jackson reference of this one time that Jason Alexander was like, why the hell am I reacting like this? There's no way that a real person confronted with this situ- situation would act like this. Like, there's absolutely no chance. And then Larry David's like, what do you mean? This is this happened to me like three days ago. This is how I react. Oh, <laughs> so, my, oh God. my God. Uh, so that, but also... Um, a question for Nina in watching these um, clips and everything, does it almost make you mad finding out that certain things are as funny as people claimed they were? Okay. Are, this is going to, are, th- are not, this is going to, this, yeah, this is going to lead me into a tangent um, okay, after this. So, so we're going to start. I'm going to, I'm going to start with my anecdote. Okay, good. Please. Um, Dan, I watched a movie recently with Tim Dune in it. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. The yes. one, the only Timothy Chalamet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, I'm really mad because he's a really good actor. No, and it pissed me off. Amazing. I, I well, saw your tweet here's about the thing, this. Right? So I, I'm aware that he's worked a lot of like a 24 Oscar bait style movies mm-hmm. uh, to quote Jackson again. But like, I have never seen him act a day in my life. I never watched Dune. I don't have any concept of 
who he is as an actor, beside the fact that I know he has a lot of people who find him very attractive. So I'm like, well, is. yes, correct. Oh, oh, first, okay. Well, I have I have things you're to cu- say, you're Dan. Cutting I have Noah so off. Many let, to let, say. let him finish. Have you not the been story. on the podcast before, Nina? <laughs> let him finish. No, no, that's the that's the problem, Dan. I assumed that most of his career success was because he was attractive. Uh... But I was like, well, is he that attractive? I don't know. But then I watched a movie with him in recently, Bones and All. Great movie, real fucking weird. <laughs> Did you have watched Tim the Shallowman without his bones? Sorry, go on. Okay, that is very funny. <laughs> but I watched this movie, and there's like a moment where it clicks, where at the same time I register, shit, man, he is really attractive. Yeah, and also, fucking hell, he's also a good actor. I'm so fucking angry. How dare he be both things people claimed he is. <laughs> I am, I am unironically very sorry that you had to find out this way, um, but but also, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. No. I've never seen anything that he's in that I've disliked him in. He's just so he's good. really good. He's yeah, I saw him. Good. I saw him in Don't Look Up, and I didn't like that movie, but I did like his performance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw him in Bones and All, and I really liked that movie, and I really liked his performance. But yeah, I feel it. No, um, <laughs> Timothy Chalamet with no bones. Call him Timothy Chalamet, not. Sorry. Oh my God. Really right, caught up on this. That, was, that was pretty bad. I really like how I said the name of a movie, but you think it's a descriptor for how he was acting. No, like, no. I, Timothy oh, Chalamet no, put I, his bones and all into No, it. here's the thing. Here's the thing. You said it the first time, and I was like, oh, that he's using a turn of phrase. And then I thought about it for literally a second. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the name of the movie. And then I came back to, yeah, but it's much funnier if it's just a turn yeah, of phrase. A hundred percent. But to answer Noah's question, um, there are some moments, specifically in Always Sunny, more mm-hmm. more in Always Sunny than The Simpsons, because in The Simpsons, I pretty consistently found the funnier parts to be things I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, all of the parts that people reference are very good. Um, they are iconic. But um, oftentimes, I just get taken off guard by things that are super well-written in ways that I did not expect. Always Sunny... There are bits that I have seen so many times, specifically the like, okay, so this is a great example. There's an episode where they are rehearsing some music for some reason, and then the whole gang like gets the fucking flu, and um, they quarantine themselves in the bathroom, and Mac comes in to check on Dee and Dennis, and... um tells Dennis that he has the flu, and Dennis sings a prolonged high note and just like holds it. <laughs> And then stops and goes, does that sound like a man who has the flu or some shit, right? Or a man who needs to go to the hospital. Um, And that has always been very funny to me. It was funnier in the episode. And then I was at work the other day and we have a tea um, that's called um, Harmony. And it's a green tea with ginger and apple. It's really yummy. And I made myself some and I'm sipping it. And I look over to my coworker, Andrew, and I'm like, this is great. I feel really harmonized right now. And this man (laughs) makes eye contact with me. And with, <laughs> sings a full scale just at me. <laughs> Aggressively. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty and then, good. Uh, he finishes and then he looks at there's a pause, there's a beat as we just look at each other and he goes, You were supposed to harmonize with me. Of course, correct. I'm like, I'm so fucking sorry for not reading your mind, bro. <laughs> it's really good. Holy oh. shit. But yeah, um, so on the topic of things being as good or better than we wanted them to be, um, recently, um, Becca and Kez and I mm-hmm. realized that we had not seen some pretty iconic romance movies. Okay. Um, Becca realized this because she saw a clip from The Notebook and realized that she had never seen The Notebook. She thought she had, but what she had actually watched was Dear John, another movie adapted from a Nicholas Sparks novel. So we decided to take a night and make a girl's night of it and watch Dear John and The Notebook to figure out what the difference was and potentially really meld them into one movie in our minds for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. We watched Dear John. It was horrible. Don't even talk to me about it. We watched The Notebook and about... 
because we were so, so jaded coming off of Dear John. We were like, that was fucking awful. And we start the notebook and for about the first 15 minutes of the main male character being kind of the worst, we're like, this is going to be the same thing again. And about halfway through, we realized, oh, shit, (laughs) this is this movie is this slaps actually i am crying i am in tears (laughs) i i am i am deeply heartbroken by what is happening on screen and um we all kind of agree like it hit us all at the same time that we got it we got why this one was a classic and why everyone talks about it (laughs) that's so funny uh, Dear John, on the other hand, man, we we got jump scared by two separate things um, <laughs> that we I did. I just I'm sorry. I, the movie opens with the main guy getting shot and mm-hmm. having like a monologue about like coins and shit. Um, and then so I know he's this man's been in the war in a war. And I know that the movie the movie establishes pretty early on that this this movie is set in 2001. But guess what? I did not see coming as a oh, plot no. point. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, Nina. Oh. Please, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. 9-11 is a major plot point in this no. movie. <laughs> no. Yeah, I didn't see that one coming, did you, Dan? Oh, Neither did no. I, getting this text out of nowhere. Just... Uh, like all caps, this movie has 9-11. <laughs> I mean, I really, on one hand, I guess, how do you not? But also, oh no. Well, yeah. On one hand, how do you not? But on the other, you didn't need to make it in 2001 to have 9-11. <laughs> exactly. uh, yeah. Well, okay. So here's a couple things about this movie that pissed me off. Okay. This movie begins on spring break in 2001. Okay. Okay. These characters, John and Savannah, they date for two weeks over spring break. Mm -hmm. Total. He goes away to war and she goes back to school after spring break. Mm -hmm. They write letters for a little while. And then uh, she breaks up with him because she's got feelings for someone else. And because he extended his stay after 9-11... He extended his stay for like another tour and she was like, she tried, she did her darndest, but they dated for two weeks. So eventually, yeah, she broke up with him. Okay. Feels like a good thing to do, to be clear. Yeah. And yet somehow I'm supposed to believe that these two are fucking soulmates for the rest of their lives. Like she marries another guy who makes way more sense and is a way better dude. And also is also the father of a child that she basically helped raise. Um, so the kid gets a mother that cares about him and all this stuff. But then her husband gets cancer and John comes back and talks to the cancer husband. And the cancer husband is like, you know, she's always been in love with you and she's still in love with you, right? And I'm like, what is happening? They dated for two weeks. Can't believe. I can't believe that two weeks was the most important two weeks of their entire lives. I literally, it it, it blows my mind that they want me to believe that this two-week college romance was like so important that it overrides years of helping this man raise a child and being married to him. I yeah. am uh, blown away. So yeah, yeah, Dear John sucked. That's, God... I feel like there's man. I need to watch more romance movies. I, I feel like I'm, no, you I, don't. <laughs> well, no, I don't. But I don't want to say things and be like, oh, actually, that's just my perception of it. But I do feel like that is a not uncommon trope in romance. Is this idea of like okay, like like not just soulmates, but soulmates that like right one night or no, one 100%. week or whatever. And I just no, 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 I, no, no, no. Yeah, this is why I don't like romances and why I also fully expected the Notebook to be shit. That's why I was surprised when it wasn't. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that's my perception of romances is that it's also an incredibly common trope. Yeah. Um, I don't really like romances for that reason. I was telling Becca and, and Kez this as we're watching it. I'm like, my favorite romances are the ones that happen in stories that are not focused on romance because they've mm-hmm. had time to become friends and get to know each other and then they enter a relationship. Meanwhile, in Dear John, he jumps off a pier to get her purse, and then she immediately starts like flirting with him and asking him to go out with her. And and that's like that. And then in the notebook, they meet 
when they're teens, when they're 17 and um, they meet at a carnival and he, cl- this is where I'm like, this guy sucks and I'm not what, liking this movie. He climbs up a Ferris wheel and hangs from it, putting himself in bodily danger and telling her that he will not like be safe until she agrees to go out with him. Ah, uh, mm, don't love that, actually. I know no. that's hard. I know that might be a hot, spicy take, but that is gross, actually. So so this is what we discovered, though, because later on in the movie, the same character has an extended period of time where he just accepts that the girl is not into him anymore and that she's going to be with someone else. And he gets kind of in his feels about it and goes a little crazy. But, like, we have dubbed this, like, the Darcy zone, which mm-hmm. is the zone men get into when they accept that they've fucked shit up and that they're never getting the girl back mm-hmm. and they just live their life and they don't go after her and they don't make it her problem. They and that like an once is what you're talking about. Exactly. Once they hit the Darcy zone, that is now a desirable man and I want her to end uh, up with him. <laughs> uh, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> I get that, actually. So... Yeah, that's that was where the notebook changed for me. But I did not like that about both of them was that like it's the relationship starts with the two of them just having a meet cute. I don't like meet cutes. I want you all to be friends for a bit and then you can have a cute confession. And is this because this is how like my relationships have, have historically gone? Perhaps is this me being demisexual? I was Perhaps. just gonna say I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna call you on it, but yeah, it's definitely that one. Let's be clear. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. But like, that's that is a big problem that I have with romances. Is I personally just don't buy it, and I'm gonna make that a problem for everyone else. No, I I agree though. Like, I also think there's something like deeply inherently unhealthy about like eighty to ninety percent of all romance stories. Oh no, a hundred about like. Yeah, there is. Um, in, in that same 100%. vein of like, like in that same vein of, you, there's what's that t- the TikTok sound? The he's not the love of your life. He's literally, he just, literally a guy. just a guy. Hit him with your car. <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah. But all all romance, all, not all, most romances, most romances that are that are romance focused. I definitely, I think the romances I have enjoyed um, are rom coms. I watched Decoy Bride. Which is incredible. It's a fucking comedy where uh, a character has to marry David Tennant because she's like being a decoy for a celebrity who's running from the paparazzi. So they end up accidentally married. And in their journey to figure out what the fuck is going on, they actually fall in love and they just stay married. Hell yeah. Um, so that one's cute. And then 10 Things I Hate About You, which is a Shakespeare adaptation. So that's like a whole nother fucking thing to unpack. I've heard 10 Things I Hate About You is actually pretty good. I, I know that. I it is my that favorite. It's my favorite romance because it's set in 99 Seattle. Ah, um, uh, I see. And Heath Ledger is in it. Ah. Uh, right. There's a lot. There's, there's, lots, really, there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to unpack there. No, it's it's really fun. And it changes the main problem I have with Taming of the Shrew, which is that it is a taming. And she loses her personality mm-hmm. because uh, he treats her like a, a an animal. But in this version, um, the two of them are both delinquents, like in the Shakespeare story, but they find camaraderie in being delinquents and come to understand each other better. So while their relationship is healthier than the like, quote unquote, good kids relationships, which is still the point of the Shakespeare story, it's because they have mutual respect. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's that's why I like it. They don't change each other. And that's important to me. Yeah, it's almost like... It's almost like basing relationships on shared experience and mutual respect is really important to me. <laughs> That's so crazy. Could not be me. No. I only want to I only want to be with somebody who's completely different from me in every way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 100%. Clearly. Totally. Mm-hmm. Which is yeah, no one I watched Lost. That's so sad, frankly. No, it's not. It's a good show. It's a good show. Okay, sure. No one I watched Fuck off. Did you ever wa- Okay, did you finish the show? Yes, I did. Did you finish the show when you were a child or an adult? A teenager. So take your pick. Okay. So I'm going to I'm gonna put that in the child camp because that's when I finished the show as well. I thought it was so much better returning in a binge viewing format. I mean, that's that's super fair. Um, but I'm also going to ro- gonna say <laughs> I'm so sorry when you said that you watched together. No, it was. Okay, Dan, I got to be honest with you. I thought it, this is me. So 
I, I am aware that as a creative, I am someone who enjoys kind of ambiguous bullshit. Of I really like ambiguous bullshit. I love being able to interpret my own shit. Um, and I, I love wacky shenanigans. I loved Lost. I loved every second of it. There was never a moment where I felt like I didn't have any idea what was going on. Hell yeah. So, but that was like one of my main problems with like the main romance I was supposed to believe was just, I just like, yeah, buddy, for real. <laughs> My sibling in Christ. <laughs> yeah. What are you what are you guys doing? Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one to watch though, so don't slander it. I'll get I, mad. I'm you can slander, slander Sons it. of Anarchy all you want. I'm gonna slander it, but understand that it's slander as a bit, not slander as an actual take. Okay. Acceptable. I, oh. I can you know what? I'll I'll play in that space with you. I, I appreciate will. that. I appreciate you coming to meet me where I am. <laughs> Speaking of Sons of Anarchy though, Dan, do you know Shakespeare? Oh, good. This is this is we're getting back into it. Do you know Shake? Are you familiar with Shakespeare, the works of William Shakespeare? Yeah, yeah. I have. Uh, I got <laughs> true story. Uh, I almost got kicked out of an acting class once because I said that Shakespeare wasn't intended to be high art. Ah, that's a good take. I it enjoy that. It's not. It, it, so <laughs> why are you booing me? I'm right. Like, have you? So you've read. Like, this is not me being like pretentious or not expecting no, you please. to. You've read Shakespeare, like some I've, Shakespeare. I've right? read and seen both. In like, I have seen. I have seen Shakespeare at the okay. Globe Theater in London. Okay. Okay. So okay, you. So <laughs> you've read Hamlet. Of course. Okay, Noah has not read any Shakespeare at all. That's extremely fair and valid. It should not be read. It it, no, hundred percent. However, Noah has made me watch Hamlet specifically twice. Hamlet <laughs> twice, not knowing that it was Hamlet. <laughs> he made me watch Sons of Anarchy, which is a direct adaptation of Hamlet. And like, not even like. There's no wiggle room there. The creator was like, I fucking love William Shakespeare and I also love motorcycles. So you know what, I though? decided to put my two favorite things together. It's motorcycle Hamlet. It is motorcycle <laughs> Hamlet. Ironically based as hell, just to be clear. Dude, the characters' names, the the aunt and uncle character, they're, mm -hmm. you know, Claudius and and um what, Gertrude? I don't remember her Something name. Like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their names are Clay and Gemma. There is no, There's no wiggle interpretation room. here. This is a this is just this is what it is. We're all have, we're all here for the ride. Yeah. So I knew what was going to happen before it happened because at some point I picked up that it was Hamlet. Yeah. It's there's like a major death at the like end of the show, and I was like I was flipping through things and I saw the death happen as in a spoiler on like a wiki, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh no. And Nina's like, what? And I'm like, oh. There's a death coming up, and I accidentally spoiled it for myself. Nina calls it immediately because, you know. Because it's Ophelia. Familiar with yeah, Hamlet. Of course. It, it was Ophelia, so I kind of was, I had expected her to die a little sooner, honestly. <laughs> honestly, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, they do some of the deaths out of order, um, but otherwise. Uh, and then Noah and I went and saw The Northman. Mm, I have not seen Which the Northman. Actually, it's uh, it's proto Hamlet. Is, spoiler it's alert! <laughs> but it is Hamlet again. Damn, that's so crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's apparently the story that Hamlet was based on. Oh, yeah, yeah. So the original like Icelandic folk story. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so it's, uh, that's two Shakespeare's two I've shown. Hamlet's Nina. Noah has <laughs> specifically <laughs> Hamlet. It's the funniest thing. I, also, I the like funniest thing that I keep calling it Macbeth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he keeps <laughs> I won't lie to you. There is a part of my brain that does the same thing. Oh, no, 100%. And honestly, Motorcycle Macbeth is a far better rolls off the tongue than Motorcycle I Hamlet. I would watch that as well as the thing. I think that if he had done um, another Shakespeare adaptation when he did the Mayans, if he did Macbeth when he did the Mayans, I would, I like if he did the gimmick again. There's another I would, series I would uh, by the more, same guy. Yeah. I Amazing. would be more into it if it were very clearly another Shakespeare adaptation instead of just a spinoff. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed both things. I just was like, at some point, I was like, oh my God, this is just Hamlet again. And Noah has never seen Hamlet. I feel like at this point, you just gotta, you just gotta get Noah to go watch Hamlet. Like I will, because it's Brittany's favorite play Hamlet. as well. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's fair. You have seen Hamlet now, honestly. Yeah, no you reason. don't really need to see Hamlet once you've seen two Hamlets. <laughs> How many Hamlets? All Hamlets uh, is the same. What? <laughs> what's your... <laughs> Great callback, Dan. Great callback. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, Dan, <laughs> what is your favorite Shakespeare then? 
Ah, that is such a hard question to answer. I know. I know. Thing. Here's the thing. I do enjoy Shakespeare. The problem I have is that uh, I have the shittiest memory on the planet. So oh, separating mood. them all in my mind is extraordinarily I, dis- difficult. No, yeah. I have I have like signifiers for each one. Like okay. um, Twelfth Night is the trans one. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Much Ado About Nothing is the snarky couple one. Mm-hmm. Um, Midsummer Night's Dream is the donkey one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Macbeth is the trees. <laughs> That's what I remember. It's what I remember about each. <gasps> no, no. Here's the thing, though. I, I think you're right. <laughs> no. So Noah found out about one of the plot twists from the end of the Macbeth recently, and I thought it was really funny. Macbeth it's or when Hamlet? no Macbeth okay. because um, no. I watched a TikTok that was about Macbeth, and it was like the thing about the witches telling. Macbeth mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. no man of woman board would be able to kill him and how Macbeth thought that meant he was fucking invincible and Noah's like oh what was the plot twist that it was a woman and I'm like no you're not ready for this <laughs> I'm, I'm like, no unfortunately Noah's also seen Lord of the Rings so right. well, that's literally I thought it was just like I thought old Jert was like oh yeah no Jert that's saw Macbeth and thought um actually that's stupid and it would be better if it were just a woman because women are capable and I think it would be a really interesting story. Like legitimately, this is Jert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He he did think like, oh, that's that's stupid that you would jump through this many hoops when this a story about underestimating women is like right there. Yeah. And so he just did that. Um, but no, Willie, Willie Shakes <laughs> was like, no, it was Holy a fucking shall. C-section. Don't worry, it counts. <laughs> So stupid. So fucking. <laughs> God damn it. That's and that's the other problem. Is that like listen? Okay. So so I I actually do think I think Macbeth is both the one I know the best and probably my favorite. Just it's it, good. It, it's good. It's fun. It's a good time. I love Here's, Lady Macbeth as a character. She is one of my favorite like women characters in like classic media. Extraordinarily valid, actually. It's just we I need more women's wrongs. I support them. <laughs> <laughs> I I just have had such a hard time looking at Shakespeare. So so to 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 wit almost getting kicked out of a, an acting class. Yes, yes. I I told my my professor this and he he went off on the um the fucking oh what is it from? Oh god damn it, hold on. Uh, the uh, the fucking um Yeah. I think it is from Macbeth. <laughs> hold on. Yeah, it is it is. The Life's But a Walking Shadow. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And then mm-hmm. also the um Fuck, Bo Burnham does a bit about it. What is the fucking quote that he does? It doesn't fucking matter. He went off on two, like, objectively phenomenal monologues from Shakespeare. And I'm like, that's great. Hear me out, though. He also has 99% of his humor is to the lowest common denominator. And yeah, there's great. a lot of bathroom humor. There's yeah. so much bathroom humor. And it's the so funny when you is, look for it. <laughs> like, because villain I have done thy mother is in a fucking... What is supposed to be it It's so good. Shakespeare no. is designed to be watched and it's great to watch. It is and, not and the high other thing art, is and it should when, not be treated when, as such. when you know what to look for. Exactly. It's delightful. I think the big thing is now a lot of us don't know how to listen to or watch it, which mm. is fine. Um but mm. like because I, of the language. I, <laughs> I would I think Say, that your professor maybe misunderstood you when you said it's not high art. You weren't saying it's bad. You were just saying it's not high art, and he's like, "What do you mean it's bad?" I, what, I will say, I did, I, I did also then say, I mean, it's, it's fine. Like, let's be clear. <laughs> yeah, but, you, you did do that. I'm sure. But that here's the thing. Right. Here's the thing. I don't, I don't totally back down from that one either. I, no, it's fair. Well, I look at William Shakespeare in much the same way that I do a lot of like. I'm going to use Susan Cain, but obviously I've talked about Susan Cain. I hate Susan Cain, but not, I don't hate William Shakespeare. But I viewed in that same light of it is so important. It is so unbelievably important, and his work is so important to exist. Not all of it is good, though. No, 100%. Things can, things can be bad and still important. Here's the thing. Fucking. I love Shakespeare the same way that I love, like, th- this is a terrible comparison, um, because I do think Shakespeare is better than this, mm-hmm. um, but the same way that I love, like, Percy Jackson. No, I, I think it's a no. I think it's a perfect comparison. I think there's a lot of important stuff. It's very valuable to me. I would recommend it wholeheartedly to anyone who is in the demographic it, it is meant for. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, I same thing with Sanderson's work. I love Brandon Sanderson's mm-hmm. writing. I know it's not for everyone, but I think it's really valuable. And I think it has facets that I find really funny and also stuff that I find really emotionally valuable. And I think mm-hmm. that's just good storytelling. I feel the same way about a lot of TV shows. And Shakespeare is just a good, a good selection of stories that I have like a lot of fond feelings for. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that it's a masterpiece. But here's the thing, though, actually. I don't think a lot of there. I I can't think of many things that I would unequivocally call like masterpieces. Same. I think everything has a lot of there's a lot of things that have values. But to put any one human's work as like above reproach is kind of what leads to some really wacky ideas. Yeah. It's almost like you should reexamine things and say, actually, what if this thing is bad? Mm-hmm. That's or so what great. if this thing is simply not good? Yeah, that's true. One uh, you my, know what? That's fair. Bad and not good. Not the same thing. Yeah, one of my uh, one of my favorite follows on Twitter recently was talking about uh, preserving movies and stuff like that, specifically like Hong Kong action movies. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, there's been a lot of great work in saving these amazing movies from the golden age of like Hong Kong action. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but I just watched one. And it was bad, man. It was real bad, <laughs> like real forgettable up until the end. But this one, because he's like, we need to also preserve middling movies. I, I talked because to that way you don't deify like how many shitty Shakespeare plays have we lost to boil down to like the. Oh, there's plenty that none of us talk about because they yeah. just aren't that good. Yeah. Like, people are already, like, just deciding, oh, these ones don't really count, though. They're not real Shakespeare. But, like, there's so much stuff that once you take away all the fluff and the bad things, mm-hmm. you no longer have a concept of what actually it was like. You end up yeah. getting this wrong idea that someone was this untouchable monolith of creativity when it's like, well, yeah, you're, I'm not going to say that the guy couldn't write a play. I'm no, not going to say that Hong Kong didn't put out great action movies. Yeah. But there's some schlock in there. I... And that's okay. (laughs) I have the opposite problem with movies from the 2000s because I've seen so many that are all so, so fucking bad that every once in a while, like uh, Noah and I have watched like a bunch of the Underworld movies, a bunch of the Resident Evil movies, um, the Hitman movies uh, recently. I obviously love the old X-Men movies. Um, we watched, uh, some 2000s horror movies for casual obsession, like all, or all sorts of this stuff. And my perception of like 2000 to 2015 movies Mm. is abysmal. And every once in a while we'll put on a movie from that era and it will be like well shot. Storytelling Mm -hmm. is amazing. Pacing is beautiful. And I'm like, oh shit. People actually did tell good stories when this filmmaking like style was a thing. Same yeah. thing with like sometimes 80s movies. We'll watch a movie and I'll forget it's from the 80s because the pacing is so much better than all of the fucking other 80s movies I've been watching. Yeah. And I would like to say, in fairness, I do not pick outstandingly great movies from the 2000s. <laughs> we are looking at a very specific subgenre of 2000s movies mm-hmm. that are generally hit or miss no 100 percent. no that's part of that is my point is like i we are not watching good 2000s movies so i forget the good 2000s movies exist there's a real problem with that in film school where the only movies that we preserved that were like these air quotes classics these like the you know the old black and whites that kind of thing the only ones we preserved were the good ones Mm -hmm. there are unironic thousands and thousands of movies that were they showed one time in a theater because it, that's that was how they did movies back then. They showed one time and they never saw them again. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, uh huh. Like well, that. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that all movies from those times were good, or even necessarily most, or even necessarily more than a few of them, because the ones we kept were the ones that mattered. Dan, did Noah and I tell you that we watched Nosferatu? I'm sorry. I'm sorry for your loss. No, actually, I haven't seen Nosferatu. I can't say <laughs> so, that. So, okay, no, this is what, this is actually great. So we watched Nosferatu, and this is something that, um, my favorite book in the whole wide world is Sweeney Todd and the String of Pearls, the original, like, Penny Dreadful. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love it because it's really, really funny, and it knows it's funny, and its okay. descriptions are really well done. And there's, like, a lot of just, like, really dry humor that is very self-aware about the fact that this man is, like, serving human meat. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really funny. And Nosferatu is exactly the same way. There are so many scenes that are just openly, like, 
hysterical and they have to be on purpose like there's there's like mm. a scene where Nosferatu is looking at a picture of the main character's wife and he says something along the lines of she has a lovely neck <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so cursed <laughs> It's it's real bad. It's so funny. There are so many lines like that. Like there's so many movies from that era that don't exist anymore. And there's no clean recordings of them because no one restored them in time. And they're all like degraded as hell. I want more. I want to know what their sense of humor was like, because that shit is fucking funny. And we have songs from that era mm-hmm. that kind of have a taste of that sense of humor and how similar it is to like, like, especially like 2020s humor. Yeah. Of yeah, like. Yeah. Um, just absurd ab- absurdism and crass humor, mm-hmm. and it's what... like, man, I want more of that. There's a very specific. How friend of the podcast Cap and I talked about this at one point. Um, there's a specific absurdist art creator. Uh, absurdist. Uh, it's like the beginning of modern absurdism, and it was in like it. It, well, it was like far enough back that it's oh wait, nothing ever actually changes, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I gotta ah, fuck. I, I curse this broken memory of mine. Uh, Was it the one I can never pronounce? Because yes. I know people cite um, like Dadaism or whatever as as being a sense of a style it, of absurdism and humor it, that was popular in the early like twentieth century. I think it was. That sounds right, but I think it, it mm, it's it's like a specific da dataist. Okay, like person. But yes, that that kind of like. That it things are things are it's like poetry. It rhymes. <laughs> exactly. We're Thank back. You, George. <laughs> We're doing it again. But was that George or was that George Lucas? Okay, I'm, I thought I'm it, so sorry, I could, it was George. I never I'm so know sorry to tell what. You. I no 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 no. Um, it's because sometimes and I, you can get mad at me about this. No, sometimes no. the bullshit that George has said and the bullshit that JJ has said kind of meld into my brain, <laughs> and I cannot I, separate them. Listen. Listen, as much as I deeply hate the last, well, two of the last three Star Wars movies, it makes fucking sense why they gave it to J.J. I'm just saying. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh-huh. The his whole mystery box shit and the like, it's like poetry, it rhymes. It's like the same thing in my head. It's they, like, what are you talking are. about? They basically are. I, well, and it's, it's, it's just because like, because like, yeah, George, you're right. It is like poetry, it rhymes. That's how it's supposed to be, buddy. <laughs> like, that, that's nobody, right. Nobody was it's confused. not that deep. George Lucas dropping the most basic um, exactly theory so. on anyone in the world. He's like, it's so cool. We're making a story and the story ties together. It's the same thing That's with like, the mystery yeah, box shit. The mystery box shit of like people will be interested in things that you give them to be interested in. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, JJ. Yeah, yeah, it's, man. Yeah, that's it. Like you did that to me with Lost for several episodes and i was intrigued thank you uh <laughs> i'm so proud of you jj you thanks jj you figured out no and it's like both of those like philosophies as like tying them to your key um driving force for storytelling i think that's the problem because i think they're both correct like those are very interesting aspects of storytelling mm-hmm. is like finding those moments where everything comes together and it feels poetic and it feels like like you you find things that you didn't realize you had set up that now yeah. you are paying off and oh, yeah. it feels so monumentally important like totally but you can't try and do that all the time and same thing with the mystery box thing absolutely you want people to be curious about the world that you're building and the questions that could be answered but you do also need to answer them sometimes it, it, it's 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 <clears throat> <laughs> it's exactly sorry i just about fucking destroyed my voice there. um it's it's such a i think i think the thing that gets me and the thing that will always get me is that it is like because i don't even understand, i actually really like i don't I, I don't hate saying i think for me you know the the duality of like my characters and the way that everything matches up in its own way is important like i think that can be a driving force uh-huh. the problem is it isn't what he said no, you know no. what I mean. <laughs> like, if that's right. what he said, that's yeah. J- you know yeah, what, George, Lucas, you got it. That's awesome. <laughs> nice work. Uh, but no, he just said it's like poetry. It rhymes. The God, fuck, George, <laughs> Lucas, what the fuck are you doing? There's a TikTok going around right now of a documentary where George Lucas just walks through the background and they play like final boss fight music or like the. <laughs> 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 I was just that's like, so that's good. like. 
that's not an edit. That's just what really that's happens what happened, when he yeah. enters your field of vision. <laughs> I have no hate. I have I have very little hate towards George Lucas. There are very few creators who I I just think that they they need a little more constraints because I mm-hmm. think pe- some people genuinely work better within constraints. And that goes for even my most hated creator, Stephen Moffat. I think he wrote some Have a nice day. really incredible episodes when he only wrote an episode. Well, when he's but running every, the show, yeah. Every single time they give him the reins over something, he does just the worst. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think that like constraints can be really helpful which um some people who are not artists don't understand i had a i had beef with a customer for a little while because he shit talked my art because it didn't have color um have weird, i told you this what dan? A weird reason to no what hmm. dan let me tell you this story please uh so i had my art hanging in the coffee shop mm-hmm. um it was it was um, three charcoal pieces that I had worked really hard on, um, and I made a funny haha joke about it as well, because one was a self-portrait, one was a picture of a wolverine wearing a dress, and one was a picture of my main character, Quincy, and I made a so joke you made about... Th- you made three self-portraits. Ex- right. So I made a joke about the ego, the id, and the superego, and I thought it was really funny. <laughs> I agree. Um, <laughs> So I hung those and then we had another artist the next month who had done some oil paintings of interiors that displayed some really impressive control of perspective and color theory. Mm-hmm. And I was really, really impressed by them and I loved them. So I'm working and this guy comes in who is kind of a regular. Um, I don't really talk to him very much. He he strikes up conversation with me. He's like, I really like this art. I'm like, me too, right? Like, it's gorgeous. It's incredible. And he's like, yeah, I like it way better than the artist who was here last Oof. month. Oof. And I'm like... I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> so I keep myself very calm. And I'm like, oh, we had a lot of artists hanging out because it was a barista showcase. Um, but I didn't say barista showcase. I said, we had a lot of art from different artists up last month. Um, which art are you talking about? And he gestured to where my stuff had been hanging. Oh, <laughs> no. And I'm like, oh, well, like, what do you? what didn't you like about it? And he's like, I just found it. The words he used were reptilian and, like, adolescent i think ouch and i'm like those are harsh fucking words i'm not gonna lie to you no they were so i'm like trying to discuss with him like what he thinks about this and he and then like we talk about i'm like that's okay that's interesting that you feel that way you know and i'm like i i get it and he's like i'm not trying to be rude this is just my opinion still not knowing i'm the artist i'm like no yeah i totally understand like we're all entitled entitled to our opinion and he goes (sighs) i'm getting like adrenaline just thinking about this he goes um do you know who the artist was last month? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, do you have a way that like we could contact them or whatever? Like, do you keep track of that? And I'm like, oh, well, yeah, because that one was me. (laughs) 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 I debated over saying it. I was almost just like, oh, you'd have to reach out to so-and-so from like the arts and culture. I'm very proud of you for just saying it from what it's worth. I don't think I could have. I didn't know what else to do. And then he's like, let me just ask you a question. And I'm like, sure. And he's like, why didn't you use color? And I was like, well, because when you work within limitations, you can push yourself a lot. And part of the reason I've been experimenting with charcoal is because I feel like when I use color, I rely on color for contrast too much. So I was using charcoal to try and like learn how to push my values more, mm-hmm. which is all stuff he didn't understand. Of course. Um, because he, as he's leaving, goes, would you ever consider working with color? And I say, I do frequently. And he says, well, you should. And then he left. Oh, my God. And then he proceeded to be really awkward around me for months. Good. He, he, should he asked other people to make his drinks. He was like, can you make sure that you're the one to make my drink when I was the one working? I he never treated him differently. He thought you were going to spit in his drink. Oh, 100% yeah. he thought you were going to spit in his drink. I never treated him differently. I He is so paranoid, but I did not change anything because like, he is entirely entitled to his opinion. Yes, we all shit talked him in the group chat. Yes, he, he was wrong. But like, genuinely, I'm not that hurt by it. I just think he's wrong and doesn't know very much about art. Um, but he's finally getting normal he hasn't like been weird to me in a while so um but it it took that was in december it literally took until may for him to be fucking normal it's hilarious to me Uh, amazing 